my name is Sherry Feeney. I serve as the Chief Financial Officer for the Clinical Institutes at Providence. And welcome to the Value-Based Economics Podcast. Today on our show, I'm joined by Dr. Karen Boudreau, the Senior Vice President of Enterprise Care Management and Coordination. And she's here to answer questions and discuss what is value-based economics. Karen, thank you for joining us today. We're anxious to get started on our questions, but would you please just introduce yourself and versus that long title I gave, tell a little bit about your role? Sure. Thanks so much, and it is really a pleasure to be here. I'm excited about this project. Uh, I'm Karen Boudreau. I'm a family physician by training, and I've been with Providence since June of 2016 in a new role in population health management called Enterprise Care Management and Coordination. Our department works with the regions all across the system to understand the populations that we serve using our data to support regional initiatives such as the Medicaid Improvement Initiative and to really support our frontline care managers in translating what we're learning about the populations that we serve into actionable approaches that they can take as care managers to play their important role in helping our patients to achieve better outcomes, to engage with care that works for them, but that also results in improved health and lower costs. Thank you. I guess we'd start, Karen, with when you are engaging as a senior leader and you're engaging in this dialogue about value-based economics, what do you see as a population health perspective? That's a great question. I think, you know, earlier this year, our whole population health division spent some time working on our three-year strategy, and we really spent a lot of time talking about that concept of value from a population perspective. And we thought about it at multiple levels, from value to the individual patient. How can we provide care and engage with our individual patients in a way that provides value to them, value from their health? perspective, but also as increasingly our patients are facing, just like you and I probably are, high deductible health plans and other changes to how their health care is financed, those value questions become actually critically important to individual patients. We think about value to providers. How do we organize care um, and organize the ways we get paid so that it is providing value to providers? It provides them with an environment that is rewarding to practice in, rewarding professionally, but also appropriately rewarding financially. Value to the system. How do we think about our care systems and our contracts and our arrangements with payers that successfully provides value to the system as a whole? Value to the other kind of payers, the people who are paying for our patients' care, whether that be insurers, but really I think about value to payers as going all the way back to whoever is providing the money. So that's an employer, that is the government, that might be a community. How do we make sure that the care we're providing and the way we organize and deliver that care provides optimal value back to the person who's providing the money? I worked at IHI for two and a half years, and, you know, one of the things that we talked a lot about when we talked about the triple aim is that it's really not our money. It's the money of all the way back to wherever it starts, and really that starts in communities because two-thirds of our payments come from government payers, and whatever we're spending on healthcare, we're not spending on other things. So really thinking about value at multiple levels, I think, is the population health perspective. That was really helpful. Thank you. 
I guess what I would ask you, Karen, is when you depict value in that way, how do you then connect that value to what we provide or our core services as Mm -hmm. we refer to them? Well, I think for me, the first connection is really being conscious about thinking about that value to whom. When we're making decisions, when we're organizing care or when we're developing a new offering or when we're thinking about how do we project, you know, our future financial performance, introducing that concept of value at multiple levels is really important. And there are certainly times as you're making decisions that one or more of those sort of value orientations might end up leading some of the others. And it may not always be possible to provide equal value across all of those levels. But I think we will get to a better place when we can be really honest and intentional about thinking about how does this add value? How does this create value for our patients? And not in a just a kind of a global way, but really how does it make things better for patients? How does it make things better for communities? Does this allow us to give some of the money back in a sense? And, you know, the ways we give money back is that things improve to the point where we don't need to have as much revenue coming in from certain sources in order to meet our operational obligations. We're able to deliver those in a way that we can get to the point where we can ask for less of an increase. Wouldn't that be an interesting place for us to be? It's not a place we can easily be now, but if we're discharging our real responsibility back to the community, that's part of our job. Yeah, I like how you said that. So in order to optimize on value, what do you see as the necessary changes that are essential for us to really produce value-based economics? I understand the value from a clinical perspective, but the economic perspective, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you think about that, what do you think is necessary to change? This is the question that I've been really running around in my head um, as we started to plan this conversation today. And the thing that kept coming back to me was really, there were two things. One is in a population health world, I imagine myself always toggling back and forth between an individual and a population or an individual and a community, an individual and a group of some kind. And in healthcare, we are trained, and for very good reason, to take the very best care of the person in front of us that we can do. And we're really good at that. And we're also working very hard as an organization to keep getting better at that. How do we eliminate safety events and how do we make sure that the person right in front of me right now is getting everything they need, no more than they need, and they're getting it in a way that is safe and provides value to them? And also toggling up to sort of those group viewpoints. How do we make sure that we are organizing our care in the best way that will optimize our performance and our financial performance, that we will deliver value and be appropriately paid to do the right care for groups of people? And that's not monolithic, right? The way we think about that for people who are extremely challenged because of social determinants of health and mental health and substance use issues or just the general impact of poverty, the way we think about organizing our system of care in that circumstance may be very different than the way we think about organizing care for people who aren't facing those same challenges. And how do we bring that all together so that the sum total of that care design will really work for all of the people we serve. 
from an individual perspective, I guess what I kept coming back to as an individual provider of care is just starting to think that really every patient I see is part of a value-based care world. It may not be the way we get paid for the exact service that I take care of you for today. I may see you in the office and I'm going to send in a bill and I'm going to get paid $138 for what I just did. In the reality of day-to-day, that particular encounter is a fee-for-service encounter. But if that patient is a Medicare patient in most of our states, then that $138 contributes to their annual per-beneficiary spend. And the annual per-beneficiary spend for our Medicare patients matters to us materially. So my $138 office visit doesn't matter materially that day. But that patient that I'm taking care of is part of a population that it matters globally. So how do I as a clinician start thinking less about Am I going to get the RVUs that I that I need to get while I see all of these patients, which we still need to think about? But how do I also think about that in the context that the average total beneficiary spend for all of these patients like this that we're taking care of matters materially to us. It matters materially to our communities. It matters materially to CMS. Just a beginning of an of a individual mindset change that says, even if I'm getting paid for fee-for-service for this service, That doesn't necessarily mean that this is just, quote, unquote, just a fee-for-service encounter. It's part of that larger system. And how do we orient ourselves to think it matters? Pretty much for every patient we see, it matters. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense, and I really appreciate you summarizing it that way. Well, Karen, this is it for today's episode, but I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your insights. And thanks to all of you for listening and join us again. Our final episode as we discuss the topic of integrated economics is coming up. We'll look forward to more of this dialogue. Take care. Thanks so much.